we have Brother Abraham with us here tonight. And let me just um, give you a quick little snapshot for those of you who don't know who he is and what he's up to in India. And I'm sure he'll talk um, a little bit about that. Um, But this is a little bit of what he has going on in India. So his ministry right now currently has 4,500 churches. 4,500 churches. 17 orphanages, 65 sewing schools for destitute women, 15 Bible schools, six high schools for children from the poor remote villages, and that's just a little bit of what he's doing over there. So he's, he's an awesome person. I got a chance to talk to him for a few minutes this week, and, and I got to see the, the heart behind the smile, and he's just a very, very precious uh, friend to Res Life. So with that, we're going to have him come up, and he's going to share tonight, and um, we just appreciate you being here tonight. So everyone just welcome him very warmly. I'm going to share with you a a word from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verse 28. So just stick on one verse and try to quickly share with you some of the thoughts that God has put in my heart for you. Luke, chapter 14, verse 28. And Jesus is saying here, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. So he's saying that if anyone intends to build a tower, that he should sit down and count the cost so that he can finish the job. How many of you believe that God has called you and me to be a builder of God's kingdom? Do you believe that? You know that God has not called any one of us to be a destroyer but God has called you and me to be a builder. Amen? Why? Because Jesus Christ himself is a builder. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And Paul says that Jesus Christ being the master builder, we are building together with him the house of God. So he is a builder, and he has called you and me to do only one job, that is to build his kingdom. Amen? And that is God's plan for every one of us. And when we become a builder, when we build with him, we can achieve great things for God in our life. Amen? So what I want to do tonight is I want to divide this verse into four parts, and I want to touch off. Quickly, one of those, uh, one in all those four parts, and share with you what the Lord wants us to hear from this word. So here, the, Jesus says, "Which of you intending to build a tower?" That's number one, the intention to build. And number two, he says, "Let him sit down first. So sitting down first is number two. And then he says, "You count the cost." That's number three, count your cost. And number four, finish the job. So hang in there. 
that we will try to just quickly look into these words and move on and pray together at the end. Amen? Jesus says, if anyone intends to build. The word intention in English has got several meanings. And when you put all these meanings together, we understand how important it is, what Jesus wants us to do. One of the meaning of, of intention is determination. That's a good word. And there's another meaning of the same word is what you call a choice. You make a choice. Another meaning of this word is desire. So if you put all this together, that you have determined in your heart, and you have made a choice, and you have desired to build a kingdom. Amen? So that's what it means. So it is not just somebody pushed you into it. It's not that you are doing it something which you don't like to do. But here, your wholehearted determination and the choice that you made that you're going to build God's kingdom. Amen? Everybody in the world is building something. Everyone. Everyone here. Somebody is building a house. Someone else is building a career. Maybe somebody else is building a family. We are all in the process of building something in our life. But tonight, we're not talking about building something in this world, but we are talking about building God's kingdom. God has called us to build his kingdom. He wants us to do what we should do for his kingdom. Amen? And if we have been called to be builders, what kind of a building that we should build? What kind of a builder we should be? I believe that whatever we do for God, it should be according to the nature and the character of God. Would you agree with me? Okay. You look so serious. I wanted to stand down there so I can look at your face. But here. So you're all still there now. All right. So I believe that we should build according to God's plan and God's nature. So let me tell you who our God is. And if you agree with me, you'll say, hey, ha, yes, something like that. So that I won't feel nervous. Is that okay? All right. Okay, our God, who is our God? Our God is a good God. Okay, about 15 people agree with that. That's okay. Amen. So God is a good God. All right, number two, our God is a big God. You're getting better. All right, number three, your God is a great God. Amen. So God is a good God, a big God, and a great God. So if we are going to build something for God that we should build according to him, that means how will we build? Whatever we build, it should be good, it should be big, and it should be great. Amen? Nothing less. Because that is the nature of our God, and that's how we will build. Amen? And God is calling us. God wants us to imagine what kind of a builder we should be. God is expecting you and me to be a great dreamer. I want you to dream high, dream big, and dream something amazing that you want to do for the kingdom of God. And that is why God has called you and me to be in this world. Amen? All right, you got a call from God and you got the intention to build and you're all getting ready, excited, and you're running to go and start building and is your running forward, somebody is pulling your shirt from behind. 
Who should that be? Because you're going to build for God and somebody else is pulling you. Maybe he said a devil. When you look around, you'll be so shocked to find it is God who is holding your shirt. Amen? And God is telling you, you know, before you go and do something for me, I would like you to sit with me for a while. Amen? I want you to sit with me. I want you to spend a bit of time with me first before you will go and do something for me. Amen? Every one of us is so excited to go and do something for God. Excited to build, excited to do things, great things for God. But God is demanding from us that before we do that, he wants you and me to sit in his presence. Why? God says, before you build something for me, I wanted to build your life. I want to build your character. I want to deal with your life. I wanted to change your life. Then what are you going to do for me will be much better than what you can do without me. Amen? Sit in my presence. What was the last time that you sat in God's presence? Sit in the presence of God is not that fun. Because when you sit in God's presence, God starts dealing with our lives. God starts chopping up all the rough edges of our life. It's a place where our heart will break. It's a place where our tears will come down. It's a place that you will repent and you'll ask the Lord to move with us. So most of the time we don't want to sit in his presence. But God is telling you and me, sit in my presence because that's where everything will begin. That's where I will build your, your character, your nature, so you can do something for me. Amen? Moses has to sit in God's presence for 40 years. 40 years. Wandering through the wilderness looking after some sheep until God said to him, you're ready, and then the, burn, the bush started burning up on the hills. It only burned when God said, you're ready to go. Amen? 40 years of his life, he has to wait in God's presence. You, re you read about Paul, when Saul got saved at the gate of Damascus, you read that 14 years, we couldn't find him anywhere. And where was he? Paul was sitting in the presence of God for 14 years for God to train him and prepare him so that he can become Apostle Paul in his life. Sitting in God's presence. Amen. And number three, count the cost. Many of the spiritual Christians, we, we always believe that counting the cost is a kind of lack of faith. We think a man of faith should never count the cost. You just jump out and do something and make a mess of it and then turn around and say, it's all finished. But Jesus is saying, you should count the cost. Why? How many of you know that God loves counting? How many of you know that? Do you know that God likes counting? The creator of the universe? Do you know that? I want to give you a proof because that's the way it should be. So let me say this to you so you will understand that God loves counting so much. He called one of the books in the Bible as numbers. 
Is that good enough proof for that? He called it numbers. How many of you read the book of Numbers? Would you agree with me? The most boring book in the Bible? Come on, be honest. We are sitting in the church. All these numbers, which will not even get in your mouth, you know, 735,255, and then you come two words, now he repeats that again. And he says, I read it before, read it again. You read that, one chapter, two chapter, three chapter, now you are just done with it. You don't want to read anymore. And after that, you'll tell God, you read the, the rest of it, I'm going to the next book. Amen. God loves counting. He wants you and I to count. Count our life. Count the cost. You know, he counts every hair of your head, the Bible says. Job says, you count every step of my life. To God, every, every little thing is so important for him. Because he wants you to know what you're doing, where you're standing, where you're going, how much it's going to cost. And do you know who is going to pay for it? Amen? God wants you and me to count the cost. And number four, finish the job. Amen? I just closed my Bible, so you can feel good about that because I'm going to finish because closing the Bible, I was not looking at it much. But, so I'll give you a false security that this guy will finish on time so that he can go home, you know, so that'll be fine. All right? So finish the job. You know, more than 80% of the people in the world will start something, but they will not finish it. You know why? Because starting anything is fun. But to finish something is ugly. That's why people don't want to finish. They'll start something here, work on something, and they leave it and go somewhere else and try something else again. Pastors will come into a town and they say, God sent me here and I'm going to do something. He'll start a church and go for six months. Nothing is happening. He's packing up his bags and leaving. Why? Because finishing is ugly. Finishing is hard. Starting something is fun. So lots of people wanting to start something. They don't want to finish. But Jesus said, but you can't be like them because you have my mind. You have my call. And Jesus, who is he? One of his names is he's author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. He talks to the woman at the well in Samaria. And he says to his disciples there, he said, My food is to do the will of my father who sent me and to finish his job. Amen. And I believe the most triumphant cry that the world has ever heard was made on the cross of Calvary. Well, Jesus called out and he said, it is finished. Amen? He finished everything that you and I needed in our life. He bought the salvation for us, eternity, heaven open for you and me because he finished the work on the cross of Calvary. Friends, God's call upon our life is to be a builder. And remember this, before you start building for him, it's time for you to sit in God's presence. Hear from him. Let the Lord deal with us and make us and mold us to become what we should become. And let's count the cost of our call and dedicate ourselves 
to finish the job that God has called us for. Would you please stand up with me as I'll pray with you today. Wonderful Jesus. God, I want to be, I want to be a builder. There's a purpose for me. There's a call in my life I wanted to do. According to your call, Lord, I dedicate my life to you tonight. Lord, I want to sit in your presence. I want you to deal with me. Would you like to pray that prayer with me? Lift up your hands towards heaven and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray your blessing and your anointing will come upon everyone. Father God, I pray that you'll make every one of us a builder. Lord, to bring glory and honor to your name, Lord. Let us be a true builders of your kingdom. Lord, minister to us, Lord. Prepare us. Lord, give us a vision. Lord, the willingness to count the cost and move on and do the work of God, Lord. So that one day that you will look at us and call us and say, Thou faithful and good servant, enter into my kingdom because we were able to finish the job for which you have called us. I bless everyone here tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.